who would have ever thought that it would be one lone Democratic senator that would finally put an end to the voting system, the one-person, one-vote system we've been trying to achieve uh, in this country? Who would have thought? Maybe it's time now to make his name into a verb, as in uh, mansioning or crippling uh, a structural system of voting. Like in, he mansioned the voting system, and can you believe it? He's a Democrat. Joining us to talk about this and other uh, insanities is our good friend Greg Pallast, gregpallast.crime. We have started and been doing for some time the Election Crimes Bulletin. Can you imagine? How about a verb from mansion, Greg? Well, sometimes I'm feeling mansioned, so, you know, <laughs> it happens. Um, uh, Charlie uh, mansioned, we're, we're yeah. All- Right, we're all getting mansioned right now. Uh, just so people are, are in on the joke, um, uh, Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, nominal Democrat, has said two things. He, at first, he uh, said uh, he will not break the, uh, the filibuster, which is the ability of if you need 60 senators to stop a debate. You need only 50 senators plus the vice president breaking a vote to pass legislation, but you can block having a vote. In other words, you can actually kind of block the democratic process when Rand Paul says, I'm just going to keep talking, which he has done. He said he will filibuster, that is, he will talk to death the voting rights bill. Now, uh, people should understand, when uh, Manchin is now actually gone, moved to the right, because he actually did say some months ago that he would consider on the issue of voting rights a, an adjustment to the filibuster rule just for that issue. But now he said, no, he won't touch filibuster. He also said he doesn't agree with the voting rights bill because it has no Republicans endorsing it. And he believes in bipartisanship. Well, maybe he could tell me the name of the bipartisan ready-to-bargain Republican. There ain't one. And um, Mitch McConnell told his caucus that this would be devastating. There, Mitch McConnell will not permit any Republican off the reservation to vote for the two voting rights bills. And, and the one is the John, let me fill you in also. So we'll go over them, Greg. Brief us yeah. on both those bills so people know where okay. we stand at the federal level. Yeah, one is the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Uh, it's very short, but in my opinion, it is the key one because it restores the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which was gutted by the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court uh, said you can't use what's called preclearance. Now, what does that mean? That sounds fancy, but it's really simple. You can't steal someone's vote without asking the permission of the Justice Department. And now that we actually have a Justice Department, as opposed to the um, uh, Attorney General of Injustice, Bill Barr, we, we, you know, we now have, uh, um, uh, you know, um, uh, our uh, current uh, attorney general under Biden is very committed to voting rights. So you have to, so if, if, for example, Georgia does things like, as we've reported, like arrest you for a felony crime if you hand pizza to someone in line, they have to get that new rule approved by the Justice Department to say this does not affect black voters or, uh, you know, various religions or ethnic groups 
um, does not hit them especially hard. And you can't do that. The pizza might sound nonpartisan. It ain't because the big long lines are only at universities and only in uh, in black. Uh, communities. So that type of thing. And of course, you know, the, the Georgia's new move, for example, in many other states to, uh, to either cut back or eliminate drop boxes, to cut back or eliminate early voting, etc. So we will restore the Justice Department review to prevent the return of Jim Crow. You can't change rules unless justice says. And it also has another value because when you send a note to the Justice Department saying, we're about to make pizza drop boxes and early voting illegal, a crime, um, then that notifies all the voting rights groups, not just justice, and they can take action. So that is vitally important. And all that does, it's not a radical change. It literally restores the Voting Rights Act that we had um, up until 2013 when right. the, you know, the right-wing five killed it. That's one. Then we have a second act which is, it's really quite big, 900 pages long, gone under different names. They call it the big, the big rights bill. It not only gives all kinds of, of restores to people and gives to the American public a real, true protection of votes, everything from same-day registration, so you can, you know, if they, if they and that's important, because we talked about purges. 24 million people every two years get removed from the voter rolls. 24 million people, you show up and your name's missing, Register on the spot. Just bring some ID. The second is that it it makes uh, mail-in voting accessible to everyone throughout the nation. It makes early voting accessible to everyone throughout the nation. It requires that you have a minimum number of precincts. So you can't say, okay, uh, 200,000 black voters get one precinct, and in the white suburbs they have 200,000 polling stations. You know? <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but I can tell you, when I was in Ohio, uh, Dennis, and we discussed this back in, in the last election. Um, there were five-hour waits in Dayton and zero waits in, in, the, in Black City Central, five-hour waits to vote, no waits. They had so many polling stations, so many poll workers in the white suburbs of Toledo that the poll workers were lined up waiting for voters. I kid you not. So <laughs> uh, that, stuff, that stuff is all prohibited. There's two other aspects to the voting rights bill. Um, the bigger bill. One is voting rights to make your vote more powerful than money. And that means there would be a tremendous, there would be a lockdown limit on, um, on private funding of elections. You can't, it would be much harder to purchase an election. So there's limits and also exposure on who's buying the election. So the money is a big part of that uh, bigger bill. The other, and finally, what may, in, in the end, be the most consequential, it prohibits gerrymandering. It says that, believe it or not, that in a gerrymander, the politicians pick the voters instead of the voters picking the politicians. And this is, a, this is vital, especially because this is the year, right now in 2021, when um, the GOP does not have the majority of voters in America it's a minority party. However, it does have the vast majority of state legislatures which draw the lines for congressional districts and state legislatures so that it keeps Republican control of the state legislatures. And even more important, it means that the Republicans will be drawing lines um, and uh, therefore they can play the game that they've played right now. 
we've had something like, and, and I'm sure someone will call and correct me, but I believe it was about uh, the Democrats had a plurality of congressional votes by roughly several million, I believe it was about five to seven million votes, that's typical. So Democrats, by vote, win Congress. However, the way the lines are drawn, uh, Republicans have contr- uh, re- Republicans were taking control of Congress. In fact, they're now only four uh, seats away from taking control of the House of Representatives. And with the new lines that they're drawing, I think it's nearly impossible for the Democrats to keep control of the House. So you've got. So you've got you know, and if I could just jump in here, yeah. just for a second. Um, I mean, this is what really puts the lie. To Joe Manchin. Unless he's living in space or he's only got outgoing and no incoming, he has to understand that the coup is at the state level. At the and the end of uh, a fair voting system is being engineered now. Could he not know? So this idea of bipartisan, as in like one particular bill he's bipartisan on, but what's going on in the rest of the country and in almost every state, he's silent about. Yes, and as I don't see him saying, well, he doesn't. By the way, challenge the Republicans. He doesn't go to the Republicans and say, why don't one of you stand up for voting rights? Why don't one of you stand up against jacking around with with the lines, the congressional lines? Like in California, for example, we have a nonpartisan commission draw the congressional lines. And that's one of the reasons we have a wipeout, overwhelming Democratic delegation. It's not because we mess with the lines here. We have a nonpartisan uh, not committee of, of uh, demographic experts draw our lines. When there are fair elections, the GOP loses. It's just that the math is real simple. So, Joe, you know, you know, why don't you ask a Republican to come over and be bipartisan? Why don't you ask a Republican to say, we want to have full exposure of who's buying our elections. Now, of course, you have to ask another question. Well, maybe Joe doesn't want to tell us where he's getting his money. And, you know, I just talked to a political insider who said he's totally coked up. I mean, it's the Coke, it's Charles Coke is his big money. And also, don't forget coal mining. You know, you've got, uh, um, you've got some pretty monstrous people who are uh, operating these coal mines, and that's what controls the coal mining controls West Virginia politics, which is, and therefore, very right-wing. So, um, you know, again, we're talking about Manchin, but it's who's behind Manchin. I mean, that's where, that's aiming at the puppet. Uh, what about the puppeteer like Charles Koch? But he's not obviously saying why, you know, that election should be fair. He says our democracy depends on bipartisanship. Well, actually, where does it say that in the Constitution? Our democracy depends on um, elected leaders who are elected by the people, not by the cash. So these are the two bills, which unless Manchin votes for it, that only leaves 49 at best. And, of course, um, Kristen Sinema, the uh, Democratic right-wing senator out of Arizona, has also said that she wouldn't bust the filibuster, though she has said she's for the voting. She's for the bill, but she doesn't want a chance to vote on it. She's actually saying, I right. don't want to have a chance to vote on the bill I support, which is vital to our democracy, vital to fairness. That's what she's saying. But, you know, I, I'm hoping, 
Um, you know, I, I think uh, I'll be making a call myself to find out uh, the head of the AFL-CIO, Richard Trump guy I've known for 40 years, is also uh, was the head of the Mine Workers Union. And I know he's for this bill, but I think we also need to figure out a way for the mine workers to be able to reach out. And I think one way is, of course, um, guaranteeing coal miners' job, as FDR did. He said when there was no demand for coal during the Depression, Franklin Roosevelt created something called the Civilian Conservation Corps and told the miners, get out of the pits because there's no jobs there. Take your shovels and build something called the Appalachian Trail. And many, many more people are employed in tourism on the Appalachian Trail that are employed in the coal mines of West Virginia. It's really a tourist state. It's not a coal mining state. It's just that the coal mining companies control the politics. So, I, I, you know, that's where I think um, progressive has to start talking with the coal miners. Because as Rich Trumpkin once told me, the head of the coal miners union, now head of AFL-CIO, no one, Dennis, no one, Greg, wants to work in a coal mine. But they do want union wages, union jobs, union, you know, union pay. If we do what Roosevelt did and say, you got that, but you're going to be building, you're going to be expanding the Appalachian Trail, you're not going to get objection from the coal miners. And if you, if they take away that fear, I think that Mansion is going to get mansioned. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We're speaking with Greg Palace, gregpalace.com. We're talking about what's going on with Joe Manchin. I, I hesitated to mention his name, but he is really uh, at the center of the future. This is one guy from this small state. It really is going to have a lot to say about the future of this country and it is um uh it's it's quite uh troubling now i want to just coax you out a little bit on the the two bills did i hear as a practical matter i'm not that much of a practical sort of guy but i think i want to be practical night right now i think you were saying greg that uh you were supporting uh, you were hoping to support with some hope the 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 uh john lewis um, bill. Well, I think that, that, you know, it's not whether I support it, but the, the issue is that the John Lewis bill is probably the simplest and more urgent. Like, how could anyone... And, and it's got the most chance of getting and, any support at this point. Yes. But, the you know, again, you've got... And it, and it just says that you can't do anything that racially prejudices... That, that jacks with the elections, rigs the operation of election to favor white voters is what it really what it comes down to it's that simple and Manchin is saying no i don't you know uh, believe it or not he can't find republicans to say we want to protect voters of color and but he's saying without that well where are we going to find that mr Manchin? but again now we have to be careful because you know uh, people have been talking about trying to primary that is, uh, put up an opponent to Joe Manchin in Democratic primary. Uh, one, they'd probably lose, but even if they don't, Manchin, uh, we just had the governor of West Virginia switch from Democratic to Republican. Manchin could do the same and likely yeah. win as a Republican. So we have to be very careful here. That I think that the way to, to look at this, if, if we care about the voting rights, is work with, the, you know, one thing that, that there's been some 
dearth of in the uh, the people pushing for Green New Deal is working with the coal miners. They want their jobs. They don't care about having coal dust on their face or in their lungs. They'd rather not. I'm telling you that now. So there is maybe some way to to work around Mansion and maybe Mansion him through the coal miners. But I'm, so I'm very concerned that we start thinking about uh, don't cede to the Republicans. Don't see to the to Trump. You know when Trump, for example, um, ended uh, virtually gutted the uh, the rules about uh, emissions from coal plants, from power plants, allowing coal plants to keep operating. And he had a bunch of miners behind him. You know, with the wearing their hard hats with the little lights on it. You know, real good photo op. And he said, got rid of the anti-pollution law, so now we, we're all sucking extra soot, and he turns around to these coal miners, this stage thing, and says, you know what this means, boys? You're going back to work. By the way, those guys didn't go back to work because coal is really expensive compared to natural gas and really expensive compared to wind power. So uh, you're kind of, you know, no one wants to run a coal plant. The only coal plant that's... Uh, been reopened is one that's dedicated to mining bitcoin so other than that coal plants are pretty much on their way out anyway so i think that in a, that we can start you know it's funny i'm talking about uh, you know coal mining when we start out with voting rights but you have to put these things together we have to make people feel comfortable with uh an, you know they understand that if you have voting rights you're going to have a very different congress and the green new deal will pass and you have to remove that fear of the people in West Virginia that they're going to lose those coal mining jobs. They're going to lose those jobs that we need to talk about giving them other jobs, as FDR did. I think that's really important. We can't just talk about let's have voting rights because people understand the political consequences of that. Right. And it's all about economic justice. You know, right. the vote comes with uh, economic justice and that, you know, that that's never really been uh, built into the struggle, but it, it, there are some interesting things popping up around that now. But I, I guess, Greg, I want to shift with you for the, for the last few yes. minutes we have with you. Um, there are a couple of battlefronts that you've been engaged with. I know you, yes. you're, uh, you're uh, laser focused on Georgia. There's also uh, what's going on in Texas. Can you give us a sense of what that looks like? Uh, these uh, yes, kind of crazy Texas, things going on in Arizona. Texas, Arizona, and Georgia, where um, yeah. in Arizona there is a so-called recount of the vote out of Phoenix, which is the Democratic area. They're, they're looking at the mail-in ballots. But of course, even Republicans have been nervous about that because they, they grabbed the ballots out of the government offices, took it to a private company. No one watched what they were doing with those ballots. Now, you have to understand, I mean, this fancy term is chain of custody. But, you know, the yeah. idea that like someone goes in a room and you don't know what some private operator did with the ballots. And then they said, oh, well, we recounted it. And guess who won? Uh, you know, Trump really won. Sorry. Uh, and understand, if we were on, um, like, um, you know, the uh, one network or one of the other right-wing networks, we'd be talking about the uh, inauguration of Trump in August. That's, that is, um, that's the trope that's going on in, in right-wing media, that um, these recounts will restore Donald Trump to office. And we think it's, you know, we may laugh at this, but I, don't laugh, my friends, in Georgia... Um, the Republicans have forced 
uh, have gotten themselves a recount, a review of all the mail-in ballots in Fulton County. Now, why Fulton? That's that's a, the big hunk of Atlanta. It's black and Democratic voters. And they're not recounting votes in, in Valdosta. They're not recounting votes, you know, basically in the red, redneck Georgia. They're counting the votes only in urban, Democratic, black Fulton. And there are about 130-some thousand votes there that will be recounted. That is, And here's the problem. In Georgia, you have a system called exact match. So if you have, if you signed your name uh, on your registration form as Dennis J. Bernstein, yet on your mail-in ballot you signed Dennis Bernstein, my friend, you just lost your vote. They'll disqualify it. If you signed uh, Garcia Marquez and you included the hyphen and the accent and the enye, um, the tilde, um, your vote, and it wasn't that way on your driver's license because they left off the uh, the accent off the driver's license, you lose your vote, et cetera. This is the, and if there's a mismark, if there is a, a, a red pen, a, a pencil, uh, instead of a blue or a black pen filling in that, that ballot, you lose your vote. If you put a check mark instead of filling the bubble, you lose your vote. This way, they are hoping to find, and they well could find, 12,000 ballots to disqualify on these cockamamie, picayune grounds. But that would give Trump of the, the state, and they'll claim, oh, look, there was massive fraud. No, no, it's just picayune junk. Check marks, wrong pen, wrong, and you know, forgot your middle initial, whatever it is. And so the, I'm very concerned about Georgia. I'm very concerned about what's happening in Arizona. And in Texas... The legislature uh, is trying to, the Republicans are trying to jam through a completely nutso bill we've talked about on the air that would prevent, um, that would severely limit the right of voters to vote. It'd be almost impossible to vote by mail unless you, like, bring in a surgeon holding your liver saying, I just have to re- put in the new liver so they can't vote on that day. I mean, that's hyperbole, but that's almost what it requires to mail in your ballot. Um, cutting early voting hours, eliminating drop boxes, uh, et cetera, and eliminating, for example, drive-through voting, which was very valuable during a pandemic and for off-hours people. They had 24-7 voting in Houston. The Republicans want to, they don't want to convince the voters to vote. They want to stop the voters from voting in Texas. So the Democrats walked out. And here's the good news, Dennis. The Democrats walked out, denied a a quorum so they couldn't vote in Texas. But what they, and what makes that extraordinary, not before, when Texas 15 years ago attempted to gerrymander the vote, the Democrats not only walked out of Capitol to prevent the quorum, but then the governor, the Republican governor, you'll love this, called out the Texas Rangers to arrest the Democrats, to arrest the Democrats and bring them in chain into the chamber so they could be counted for a quorum. So the Democrats literally left the state. The entire Democratic legislature left the state, but after two months with their kids saying, where's daddy or where's mommy, (laughs) um, they came back and they did gerrymander the deal. But see, their legislators were actually fighting, frankly, for their own seats to prevent the gerrymander. Here they're fighting for your vote. That's very different. This is a first for the Democratic Party when white Democrats were literally willing to bring down stop the legislature 
for the right to vote. That is a sea change, not only in America, but it's extraordinary for the Democratic Party to finally stand up and say, the vote is primary. How about that? A Democratic Party for democracy, it's very refreshing and brand new. It feels slightly late, Greg. Uh, you think? I, there's a certain urgency late? here. Yeah. There's a certain urgency, wouldn't you say, uh, in terms of like the paths that we're heading down? And we haven't seen the end of the violence. That's the other side of this. Yes, we haven't talked about the violence, but it's simmering. Well, actually, I want to say that uh, for the first time, um, I'm looking at violations. For the first time in 100 years, I'm looking at violations of the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1878. After the Civil War, uh, a uh, progressive abolitionist Congress passed a law against killing voters, intimidating them, stopping them from voting. It's a crime. You go to jail. And I was just investigating mass, mass uh, violations of the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1878 in Georgia, in Texas, in North Carolina, uh, in Florida. I'm, you know, basically, yeah, there's no white, they're not using white sheets, they're using spreadsheets, but it's the same thing. It's a mass crime, and I'm hoping that uh, Garland Nixon, our new um, attorney general, will uh, step forward and say, okay, I can't believe we're doing this, but we're going to have to bust people under the Klan Act. And you don't have to wear a white sheet to be busted under the Klan Act. But they're pulling the same stunt. You know, and this stuff has got to end. I'll, I'll be reporting more on the details. We don't have time now. But, yes, there is and violence, threats of violence, intimidation. It is against federal law. Time to bring in the federales and say, basta enough we haven't used this law in a hundred years i think it's time what are before we let you go just a few seconds what are the big dates the big things you're watching for you're coming and going uh and keeping an eye on this what you know well everything are up you in the air uh, zooming chuck, in on you know yeah chuck uh, schumer has said uh that he wanted to have the vote on on the two voting rights bills uh in july before they go on recess and, uh, you know, unless there's some pressure on Manchin or maybe pick off a Republican uh, who may see, you know, the so-called by that's the other thing is to actually win over one Republican. The other is that I'm looking at, uh, obviously, the Texas legislature um, and the uh, the Georgia recount and other games. So it's we don't have any serious deadlines mainly because it's impossible to get anything uh, progressive voted in. And, and, and there is a recount yeah. going on, another one in Georgia, right? We're not done. Yeah. Georgia's not done. That's why I say there's the, the, the Fulton County recount. Um, yeah. And that was promoted, by the way, by uh, Brad Raffensperger, the guy that, you know, again, 60 Our minutes hero. NBC said, uh, oh, he's the great hero because he stood up to Trump. Understand, as the ACLU told me, all the guy did was was he wanted to stay out of prison. You, you do understand that what <laughs> Trump was asking him to do right. was a felony crime. And he, he this guy jacked with the voter rolls. He jacked with the, with the, the precincts. He has called for this phony recount to try to put Trump over the top. What he couldn't do was Trump was what Trump asked. Trump basically told him, 
take 12,000 ballots find the in votes. another room and disqualify them. That's what he's really saying. Go find, just knock out 12,000 ballots. Make me president. That's a problem. Also, one other deadline we have in Wisconsin where the legislature, once again, is trying to put through horrendous voter purge laws and other limitations. But luckily, there is uh, Tony Evers and Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. They're going to veto that bill. Uh, but there, uh, but there is a court case which could, um, which could restore some of the legislature's demand for removal of 135,000 voters. I was in Milwaukee. They're almost all black and student voters being removed on bogus, suspicious grounds. They know wow. exactly what they're doing. But remember, Biden only won that state officially by 10,000 votes. They knock out 10,000 students, 20,000 African Americans in Milwaukee. They've got the state again. It's very dangerous stuff. And it's, again, not whether I'm against Republicans taking back control of Wisconsin. I just think the voters should make that decision and not uh, Jim Crow cockamamie trickery. Right. Uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, We don't want all these elections mentioned. Uh, Not to (laughs) come back to the uh, subject of the day, and it's a horrible subject. And we're going to leave it right there. Greg Palace, gregpalace.com. You should go there, check out the work he's been doing. He's been doing it for a long time, fighting for your vote. Greg Palace, we thank you for spending the time with us again and endlessly reporting on this crucial subject. Thank you, Dennis, and thank you for Pacifica and and KPFA for allowing this information through the electronic Berlin Wall. You don't get it anywhere else, and I do appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Greg.